getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their time, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, all right. Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you take a second, hit the like and subscribe button because Jerry and I's number one goal in life is to be the number one podcast in the whole state of Nebraska. Joining us today is former Iowa Hawkeye football standout, Arena Football League legend, Rodney Filer. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing okay. We live in Nebraska. We live in Nebraska, so that's a low bar of asking us how we're doing. So, <laughs> well, it's not too far away, right? No, nah, not too far. So, Rodney, catch us up a little bit on what you're up to right now. I know before we got on the interview, uh, you told us a little bit about what your kids are up to. There's a little bit of some Nebraska ties there, and uh, you just update everyone on uh, your life, your children, and how how your career's going. Um. So. <clears throat> Well, I had a long career, Um, you know, left Iowa, went to the Chargers for about a year, year and a half almost. I was on practice squad and activated a couple times. Um, Got released from there and came back here to Des Moines and started playing with the Barnstormers. Um, That year I met my wife. So then Des Moines is now home for me. So, um, So then I played... 13 more years, um, 13 more years, um, arena football, and then I had a little stint with the Jets. So that's my football career. Um, But then at the same time, I started a personal training business. My wife is uh, Gigi's 
um, at Gigi's Pilates and personal training, and I'm the personal training part. Um, and we've been doing it for 20 plus years. Um, and for his work, that's what we've been doing, you know, changing lives um, and helping families get better. You know what I'm saying? Um, sure. My kids, though, my kids, as you said before, um, my daughter is a senior coming up here this year, um, basketball player at UNO, so Nebraska Omaha. Um, she's a four-year starter. She's been kicking butt the whole time. So if you get a chance to go watch okay. them, they're doing great. Um, and then my son, he'll be a sophomore uh, coming up this year at Iowa Western. He plays defensive end. So for those at home watching on the video interview, that would be a photo of Rodney's daughter in the background on the wall back there. So, And then, uh, Rodney, t- where, uh, for those of our listeners that are wondering, the studio that you and your wife run then, is that located in the Des Moines area? That is. Yes, downtown Des Moines. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. So, Rodney, you came out of Waco, Texas, I believe, if I remember uh, reading correctly. What was it that led you to Iowa? Who were some of the coaches that uh, contributed to your recruitment? And what was it that brought a, a Texas kid to uh, the Midwest? Um, a couple of things. A couple of things. Um, Coach Fry was a legend in Texas already. Um, he, I think, I believe he went to Iowa from North Texas. Is that correct? I believe that's correct, yes. Yep. And then so he was already a legend because he was one of the first guys to recruit a black football player. So sure. that stood out. And then my coaches that I went to high school with were big fans of Coach Fry already. So he he had a plus. You know, they, they if, if a kid wanted to go to Iowa, they would direct him in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I had – Another former Hawkeye who was from my high school, uh, Marie Crane. He played D-tackle with Mike Wells and okay. those guys. So that's another push in that direction because it's a guy I knew from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the kicker was the one that tipped the scale was um, – Guys by the name of Cedric Shaw, uh, Kerry Cooks, uh, Damon Robinson, Plez Atkins, um, Demo Odoms, um, Billy Coates. Um, I mean, it's basically guys that I played against in high school that were on the Hawkeyes that lived in a hundred mile area um, that was that were there or going there with me. So it was sure. basically Texas. Texas too, and in Iowa City, basically. You know, we hear a lot on Hayden about you know how he integrated the Southwest Conference with Jerry Levias while at SMU, but that's kind of an interesting take you had on it because you don't really—I don't know if we necessarily hear what a legend he was in Texas with the high school coaches mm-hmm. to uh, to help bring players like yourself up to Iowa. And you know, that's a, that's a very interesting point. So, but anyway, you know, so you know, you know, had, go ahead. Coach Fry had the philosophy, you know, like. And he told this to me. He was like, you know, you can go to Texas and not get, you know, the five-star guy. Mm-hmm. You can get his backup who just hadn't got the same amount of reps that's just as good and make him just as good. So uh-huh. he had a different mindset on how he was recruited, you know. 
I got to ask Rodney a quick question before we move on. This is completely off topic, but I noticed you finished out high school out in Waco, Texas, right during the time with the David Koresh incident that went on. And that's one of the weirdest things to ever happen in American history. So I really want to get your take on being a high school student in that area, you know, area during that time and how odd that must have been. Well, uh, first thing, um, most of us didn't know about the situation until all the police things that happened, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was not like in the city limits. It was just right on the outskirts somewhere in the country. And it was the uh, Waco PD or whoever had to, they had to go deal with the situation. But I have a, a cool story about that. Um, my first job I had was at the original Buzzard Billies. I don't know if you ever been to Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Billies here. Yeah. Um, same. I'm from. I'm, pro- I'm from Des Moines. Okay. <laughs> so am I. So actually, the same owner. So the first store they opened was in Waco, Texas, and I was a busboy and dishwasher there, right. making extra money. So I'm walking to work, and I see this guy standing on a box talking about he was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it's not just me. It's me and a couple of my other co-workers that work with me, um, but we were going in. And me being me, <laughs> I was like, if you're Jesus Christ, Jesus is supposed to, supposed to be perfect. Why do you have glasses on? And we all just cracked up. So, you know that we took it as a, as funny, <laughs> but as later happened, mm-hmm. we see what that built into when he got the following that he had and all the things. So that's crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you get to Iowa and um, you start playing. And um, who were the guys that made an immediate impact on you when you got up there? I mean, you talked about your uh, guys from the area that were up there, but who were some of the other guys that when you got to campus just stood out and you were just like, wow, this is, I got to step up my game with this competition? Um, well, they called me Big Bod when I first got there. So, because I was basically almost built like a grown man as I walked on campus. <laughs> Uh, which took part of me playing my freshman year. Um, but I have to say, um, our backfield was stacked back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the players that were on that team that was in that period, most of them had a chance in the league and played for at least a year or two. So, I mean, Ryan Terry, because I came in as a running back. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan Terry, Cedric Shaw, um, um, Tavian Banks, who came in with me. Um, I think uh, Trevor Bowlers was another fullback that went to the league. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kent Call, you know, guys, they were pretty good. So, you know, it just competition, you, you got to step up, you know, if you want to have a chance. So, oh, definitely. I could. So you get in there then and you start out and um, like, as you stated, you played right away. You didn't have a red shirt year then when you started away and that was due to your size. Is that how I'm understanding it or? Oh no, I had skill too. I was a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on, Jerry, give him some credit. (laughs) I'm trying to make him work for it here. The thing about it, I had no fear because I was already, you know, like my lineman 
in in high school, they averaged about 315. I had a college line coming out. So playing against big, big people, that didn't bother me at all. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was used to that. That's that's part of the Texas, you know, mindset that I had. You know, they're big in Texas, so <laughs> I already knew. Um, but um I guess if you have a fullback that, you know, ran a four four forty and you know, wow. I also played linebacker too, so I wasn't afraid to well, I was a running back first, but they made me a fullback mm-hmm. because I wasn't afraid to hit too and maximize the speed. So I got to, that's where I got to play. And then for me, I was like, well, I got Ryan Terry, Cedric Shaw, and Tavian Banks. I got those three that I got to contend with, or I can go to fullback and it's me and Kent Call. I think I'll take my chances there, right? Sure. So a four four forty that had to help you keep up when you're trying to block block for the likes of Tim Dwight, then, right? Because uh, otherwise, you just he would have flew right by you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell you the truth, you know, we had one of the faster teams. Like everybody, like a lot of people can could go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tavian's just as fast, maybe faster than Tim. Sure. You know, you, you you never know. Um, Damon Gibson who played with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a kick returner also, a receiver. Mm-hmm. He was right there. You oh. know, it, it. we had so many guys that could run. It just, you know, Tim made the most of his opportunities. And actually, you know, he excelled when he did it. So, Rodney, I want to get your take on, um, from your time at Iowa, playing in front of one of the most passionate fan bases in the country, and then you move on to the NFL with the San Diego Chargers, which has notably had not much of a dedicated fan base. They really don't come out in droves to go to the games. There's so much more going on in San Diego, which led to the team eventually moving. What was that change like, uh, um, not only just dealing going from dealing with like the greatest fan base if not, you know, one of the greatest fan bases in college football, and then going to the NFL where you're playing, you know, with the fan base that doesn't kind of take it or leave it for the most part. Well, see, my um, so my experience, if I'm not mistaken, I think San Diego was were they just in the Super Bowl when the year before I got there, I think. Yeah, the right around think, that time, yeah. I think Ronnie, because Ronnie Harmon actually was retiring that year that I came in. He retired that year. Um, so at that point, the fan base was still pretty good, you know. Okay, okay. I didn't have, yeah. I mean, it's the NFL, so if I hear a crowd roaring, I mean, it was great, you know. Yeah. Um, um, my take on how we were taught to – treat fans and things so there were fans there i mean we had the passion we still had junior say we still had okay. you know some of those great players that they had um, um so the passion was still there from the fans okay that, that's interesting because you were really there during that time period where san diego charger football might have been at its peak uh, tell us about what it was like um, and if you had much interactions with a legend like Junior Seau because, um, you know, he suffered a lot from the CTE and that eventually, you know, caused it, uh, led to him taking his life. But everyone that's interacted with him has had such amazing experiences and such great stories to tell on, on, on how wonderful of a person he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was... <clears throat> 
<laughs> well, interactions. I had many interactions with him because <laughs> I was the scout team fullback most of the time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was going one on one against them most of the time anyway. Um, which made me the player I am right now, you know, that I play, you know, my mindset that I play with the rest of my career. Um, no, Junior was a great guy. Um, when I was released from the Chargers, um, it was more of a in- injury type of release. Somebody else got hurt, so they had to fill the spot. So I was the odd man out that they needed to make make space with. Okay. So so I got released from that. Um, but this is what Junior did for me. He said, because um, he knew I was a rookie, um, he said, stay here another week. I'm going to put you up into a hotel. You can come hang out with me, come eat, whatever. Wow. He's like, you make me work harder than I work in the games. He's like, I don't know why they're letting you go, but let me know if I can do anything for you. And I, obviously, I didn't take it. I didn't take it, because, but I was very generous of him to uh, offer that for me just so I could just get my mind collected, you know, because that's kind of yeah. hard sometimes. Um, but, yeah, no, great person, great person. He called me um, probably like four times since I was released. You know, so he kind of yeah. checked up on me. So he was a great guy. Wow. I, I, what, what a guy. That's amazing yeah. to hear something like that. You know, yeah. and that goes along with all the stories you hear about Junior Sale. I wanted to get your take, too, because, I, you know, it didn't ha- happen to you quite as many times. But, you know, you watch, like, shows like HBO Hard Knocks and everything like that. And you see when guys get released from teams. And they are just totally cool with it. I know it's a business and you got to be professional and they just shake hands and move on. And it's like, okay, you know, whatever. They, and it, it, it doesn't seem to affect them at all. If I were to get released, I'd probably flip the table and be pissed off and upset. And you never see anybody get like that. Have you ever heard any stories about a guy getting released and having a not so professional interaction with the GM or head coach? Um. Not really. No, not really. Okay. Um, everyone I've been around were, you know, uh, stand-up type of guys, you know, so not really. I mean, that's that's surprising, but you think sometimes that might happen, but. No. You would think with the intensity with some of these guys and, you know, just the adrenaline all the time that they would be like, you know, somebody at some point would kind of flip out and, you know, be mad. And But you never, ever hear about that or see that, which always surprises me. You know, most guys are going to be professional because it's a business and you want to get a good recommendation for your next job. Exactly. But guys that, guys that come in and, you know, kill themselves and lay it all out on the line and then they end up getting cut, which happens all the time. Right. You would expect there'd be a few stories out there, and you just never hear any. <laughs> Honestly, I have I have never. Which which you said you said the correct point, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking for that referral to the next coach that might be looking to bring that person in. So you're trying to go out on the best best case scenario as you can. Yeah. So Rodney, with the Chargers, were you? Uh, was that during the '97 season, or were you? Was this coming up on the 1998 season when this all occurred uh, with Junior and the story, and when you got cut? Um. So, 
graduated. So as soon as I grad, uh, graduated, I uh, got done with school. Um, it was, yeah, right after that, that rookie camp. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were, you were a little bit ahead of the Ryan Leaf draft then when Ryan Leaf came in the following year in 98. Well, I, was, I was there though. I was in camp. Oh, were you? Yes. Yes. I was in camp. Um, uh, speaking of unprofessional. <laughs> matter of fact, my locker was right across the locker room from the whole debacle that happened. So I was actually right next to Rodney Harrison, who was my locker mate next to me. They had the two mm-hmm. Rodney's together. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it was right, right after um, practice, and yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, to give to give Ryan some credit, the guy was not being very professional at the questions, but still, okay. you gotta you gotta well, hold your yeah, you gotta hold your you know your hand. Yeah. Oh, and again, he's still a 22-year-old kid, and I mean, he was put in the limelight, and you know, do you think that he was handled very well by the Chargers organization to prepare him for that, or did they just kind of leave him out there to have to fend for himself? Now, my personal, my personal opinion on that. Now, that doesn't mean it's right, but <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I felt like instead of building confidence in the kid, they tore him down a lot. Okay. Because, like, he'd make a great play in practice, a super-duper play, uh, play. Like, he threw a one pass to uh, Webster Slaughter that was on a rope for, like, 40, 50 yards. So, like, down – I mean, great throw, right? Mm-hmm. But he got yanked and, and yelled at and whatever because he didn't make the right – read at that time you know so for me i would have loved somebody to say great throw but you should have threw here let's learn from that that type of deal but it wasn't like that it was a little bit more aggressive more which comes with you being a first round draft pick too so i can't sure well that would be the worst well, job in, in like professional sports to have, in my opinion, would be a young NFL quarterback because they don't a lot of situations you come in, you have not a great offensive line blocking for you, you have no protection, and you just get thrown to the wolves. And then, you know, it's like, okay, you're under duress all the time and running for your life and you're not making great throws. Then you get like shipped off and like you don't get another chance. I that's one position I've never really quite understood with the NFL that they're so quick just to give up on one of these guys when they have struggles yet you didn't give him the you know the foundation to have any success to begin with yeah i mean i but i feel like you know if you're well that's what you hope you hope the first round draft pick has the foundation to be able to push through adversity right that's yeah. what that's what you're hoping so you know it's just I mean, he was a great player. He had a strong arm. He could have turned yeah. out great. You just 
throw your chips in and see what it is. Yeah. So, yep. So then, Rodney, going back to your Iowa experience, you know, as when we're going back through some of the uh, the years here that you were there, one of the things that stood out to me was the uh, Alamo Bowl. I believe it would have been your junior year. And you guys went down and played a Texas Tech team with Byron Hansburg. And I remember how they talked about, you know, Byron, I think he was one of the top rushers that year in the nation. And they talked about how the how was our defense going to shut them down. And, you know, you guys ended up coming out 27 to nothing. You blanked them. You shut him down. I mean, take us through that experience. I mean, that was really kind of a – it seemed like it was well-prepared, well-executed game plan. Take us behind the scenes on that. And if you couldn't kind of help maybe fill in the audience on, on what it took to have such a commanding performance. Yeah, um, well, that was my senior year. Oh, it was your senior year. Excuse me. Senior year. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, the cool thing about having a stable of running backs is, you know, you can kind of find somebody in your stable that kind of mimics what that kid does. So, you know, Tavian Banks, just as fast as Hans Park. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, your, de- <laughs> yep. your, de- your defense is used to chasing him. So Hansbart, you know, he's similar, sure. right? Um, but our the thing that we had that Texas Tech didn't have, they didn't have our line. Our line was one of the top lines in the nation, right? Yeah. Well, those mm-hmm. guys were in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So having Tavian run the plays that, Texas Tech ran with our line, that was more of a hassle than Hansbard himself with a smaller Texas line, Texas Tech line that they had. So sure. I was ready to go. Yeah. And it showed. How satisfying was that to be in your own backyard back in Texas to have that then your senior year? Oh, I love that because um, a lot of my family didn't make the trip up to Texas. So that I'm up to Iowa. So that's you know, they don't do the cold weather like that. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so I think, I think the Alamo bowl was probably my mom's fourth, fourth game that she's seen like in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, it was very special. And the thing for me was, cause my junior year, I tore my ACL. That was, that was the year in the game that I came out. Um, and when I got my chance to play, I tried to do the best I could. So okay. that was a big thing for me. Rodney, when you uh, transitioned from Texas to the University of Iowa, I don't know if you can remember back that feeling back when you were um, taking the field for the first time in Kinnick for a game. What was your first impressions of the atmosphere and the crowd and everything around you? Kind of walk us through how you felt. Um. So – being a freshman coming in, um, you know, most likely you're at the back of the swarm, huh. right? So yeah. everybody's holding hands. You're coming down the hallway, coming down the stairs. And just to see your brothers in front of you holding hands in yeah. unity, and then hearing the crowd and just the roar of all just black and gold, it was it was awesome. It was incredible. Um, but this, that's, that's part of the reason I chose Big Ten football. Um, I wanted something different because I could have went to Texas. I could have went to 
AM. I could have went to Baylor right there in Waco. You know, I had options, but I wanted to play somewhere where I hadn't played before. You know, I hadn't seen. I wanted something new. And once I seen that and the fan support that we all talk about, um, I felt like I was home and this is where I wanted to be. And I made the great choice to be a Hawkeye. And then I tried to make the, the most of it. Oh. So transitioning then after the charts at Hawkeyes and after the Chargers and Rodney, you're, what makes this kind of unique when we were when I was researching this is the fact that you were a 13-year veteran of arena football and that you don't really see that kind of longevity in arena. It always seems like guys either can, can you know, some guys can transition up, other guys maybe don't last. But what, what you know, what was the story behind your longevity in arena football? What was some of the biggest adjustments or was, you know, was it a tune to more of your game or, or what, what takes behind that longevity? Um, one, um, when I came in to arena football, um, at that time, they mostly used a smaller lineman as the fullback. Okay. Okay. Right? Because the um, linebacker has basically a five-yard head start before he comes and mm-hmm. wrecks you to get a sure. quarterback that's three steps <laughs> behind you, you know. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Right? Um, but when I came in, being – going against Junior Seau for, you know, how many months or whatever, you know, um, I had the mentality that I could block anybody. Okay. So with me being able to block and do it well, then it opened up other parts of the offense that most offenses didn't get to do. Like you can run a screen with me. You can run a toss with me because Mm -hmm. I was fast enough to get outside. And do other things, right? But in arena football also, back then, you played both ways. So it was seven minutes, Uh, offense, defense, uh special teams, kind of like hockey, right? Seven minutes on, seven minutes off. So with me and my linebacker background also, I was able to flip on the other side and do well also. So the more you can do, the longer you can play. You were the true Iron Man, in other words. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Rodney, wanted to ask you, too. We, we like to ask all the former players this, and we've gotten some really awesome responses, too. Uh, back from your playing time at Iowa or the Arena Football League, uh, do you have any situation that maybe happened in practice, the weight room conditioning, or anything like that where you were just like, okay, like, you know, this is a crazy thing that happened, something that you, you'll be just hanging out on a random Tuesday at home and it'll bring a smile to your face where you'll kind of laugh about something kind of off the wall or weird that happened that the average fan wouldn't know about. Um, <laughs> like a weird practice interaction or something like that. Maybe it could have been a scuffle in practice. could be just like um, – I always refer – Go ahead. There's always scuffles, you know. It's just not. <laughs> um, yeah. Nothing, nothing too wild that you can be, remember. Nothing that would be funny, you know. Or interesting yeah. at all. Um, um, probably my later years, probably. 
um, because I did, um, I had a busier schedule doing my later years plan with the, uh, the barnstormers. And a lot of times, you know, I would let the coach know, but I'd have to come in a little bit later. You know, I'd stay in and make it up and do whatever, but I'd come in a little later just because of my schedule. And with him knowing the professional I am, he's okay with it because I played there for however many years. Well, some of the rookies didn't uh, agree with that. You know, they just um, start yipping and talking, right? Um, And which, if I was a rookie too, I'd be like, no, you got to be here when we got to be here. I understand that, which... That's what I told him. I said, I, I I should be here when you are, but just my life right now is not letting me get here on time. So I'm letting you know. Coach is not punishing you for me not being here. So, you know, I'm doing what I can do. You know, I just tried to explain that to him. Um, well, during practice, this young man, comes and granted he's a rookie so he doesn't know who i am anyway right so he comes and it's a run play so i run the ball you know they blow the whistle we stop the kid comes from at least five yards away and just lets me have it boom knocks Mm. me on the ground um trying to send a message or something (laughs) right right so i mean me being calm and cool like I usually am, I already know because I played arena football for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is eventually we're gonna meet up somewhere, uh-huh. right? So two plays later, we run to his side with a run play, and he's wide. He he's free. He's coming. He's one on one, and I just truck him, <laughs> truck him. He's a big defensive end. He probably was six five, probably two. 35-240, he was coming. I just trucked him and just walked in the end zone. And then I was just just like, you know, you know, this is why I'm professional and I'm doing what I'm doing. But, I, I mean, I can't tell you exactly what I said, but <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, you know, I've been here. I get certain privileges, but. Yeah. Yeah. So well, nothing, nothing exciting, you know. Just well, that's a good story, though. You know, yeah, I had to, I had well, to feel good at putting that guy down on the mat. Listen up, youngster. <laughs> yeah, I'm a veteran. You don't yeah, talk to me right, that way. Right. And I thought I was old too because I had gray hair when I was playing too. So I was still All right. well, Adam. I don't know, if, man. Adam, what I took out of that is if we've got any secrets, we can trust Rodney with them because he wasn't going to incriminate anybody. He was he was sorting yeah. through there. <laughs> I can see the look on his face. He's like, yeah, I got stories. I'm not going to yeah. share them with you, though, because it, it's, it's the code of silence. Stories, but I can't share. Can't share. <laughs> That's all right. You. That's all right, Rodney. If I ever got to confide in somebody, I'm calling you because I know it's going away in the lockbox. So well, anyway. I mean, not, nothing that was bad. It was just stuff that we probably shouldn't have done, but we did. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We've all yeah. done that. <laughs> so Rodney, take me back, uh, kind of going again with your barnstormers. You started in 99 with the barnstormers. Am I correct? Correct. So that was about the time Kurt Warner ascended to his, uh, 
the Rams in the 99 season went to the Super Bowl MVP. What was there a buzz in the locker room at that time about all of that going on with you guys playing arena for the Barnstormers? I mean, was or was it just business as usual? And or were there was there a real buzz going on behind the scenes with the Barnstormers as Kurt was uh, making his name that season? Oh yeah, it was a buzz. It was a buzz because I mean that was, you know, that was one of one of the stars of the league you know, getting a chance. So he was probably one of the first ones to actually get picked up and have a legit mm-hmm. chance. Um, and my year, um, he, I think he was going to the World League at that point. Okay. He referred to the World League. Um, okay. Like NFL Europe, I think it was. Yeah. same. Yeah. Like, but yes. they called it the World League. I remember that. Right. Um, so <clears throat> we were more so dealing with who was going to replace him as the starter, right? Mm-hmm. They had one year, because I was like one year in between when he left and when I came. So it was one year in, in between, and they had just um, figured out which quarterback was going to be the one to take over, and he ended up being the one that broke all of Kurt's records. So That was Aaron Garcia, wasn't it? Aaron Garcia, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I thought. Him. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it, it it just you know it was just an amazing. Adam and I are both from Des Moines, as we said, and it was just an amazing story to see from the outside. But it can only imagine what it was like seeing you guys, because I mean, everybody's wanting to try, I think, to make a name and try to get noticed to kind of continue on in the game. So I, I appreciate the insight on that. Yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of both, right? I came I came down from NFL to Arena, and then when we got sold to New York, when the Barnstormers got mm-hmm. sold to New York. Yeah, I remember I went that. To New York, and that's how I got noticed by the Jets, also. So that's how I got my little short stint with the Jets that I had. Okay. Okay. Um, Very cool. And was there was there any other sniffs from any other NFL teams while you were in the Arena League then, or? Um. Yeah, I had one situation where, um, one of the the assistant GM, or I think or player personnel guys. One of the guys that was at San Diego that brought me to San Diego went to Dallas. And he, at that time, um, reached out to me and and said, asked me if I wanted to come into camp and try it out. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, it wasn't a great time for me. Uh, We had just opened um, our business. We had just... um, moved into a new house, you know, so the uncertainty of funds there mm-hmm. just for the chance, eh, I couldn't, I couldn't risk it. So I, I ended up turning it down, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Well, Rodney, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule from running a successful business and Actually, catching Hawkeye Nation off and have everything we got going on. Thank actually, you. actually, actually, we did this with one other guest. I want to put you on the spot, Rodney. Okay. So we did this with uh, Quinn Early. We asked him, Quinn Early, if he had one more season of eligibility left, and we gave him three choices of quarterbacks he played alongside. So Rodney Fiverr's coming back one more year, and you get one guy behind you, Cedric Shaw, Tavian Banks, Tim Dwight. Who, who are you picking as your guy that you want to lead into that last season? Um. I love all those guys, um, but I would say Tavian. Tavian and I, 
Um, we did a lot of practice stuff together. We did some game stuff, like his junior year, my senior year. Um, but we came in together. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that we could have had that one more year of us two together in the backfield doing our things. Um, so um, I'd say Tavian. Yeah. And I also, appreciate that. Yeah, and also he's around here, so I see him all the time. So um, I'll tell him. <laughs> I tell him how you asked me that question. Yeah, we <laughs> had him on a while back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we and we appreciate you answering honestly. We, you know, it's kind of like saying which kid's your favorite. I mean, you you love all three of them, but uh, you know, it's just it kind of puts you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have you know, it was mostly me and Shaw. So you know, he had his chances with me. So. Why not Tavian? You know, <laughs> Tim was a receiver, so you know we had to. He was easy to go on over there. Tim. <laughs> Just go out, run that guy out on the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Rodney. Well, hey, Rodney. Thank you so much for uh, you know all your time as a Hawkeye and you running us through your awesome career with the Hawks and in the Arena Football League and everything that you're up to now and you know give your both of your kids our best and hopefully your son's going to get a you know, great opportunity at uh, a Division One school after he's done at Iowa Western. Right. Well, I'm hoping um, his thing was he was younger, so he's still 18 going into his sophomore year. That's he's young. Really, yes. Um, but right now he's about six four, about two twenty-five, two thirty. So right. that was the main That's... thing. And he he comes like a bat out of you know where. <laughs> All right, Kirk. Get on <laughs> it, man. All right. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on him over here because he's just across the river from us. So we'll awesome. keep an eye on that and have to keep everybody educated. But you know, Rodney, thanks again for coming on. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And uh, one more time, give your uh, your business, your uh, give us a plug again and tell us what your business name is again for our listeners. Yes, GT's Pilates and Personal Training and Filer Fitness. Fantastic. All right, Rodney. Thanks again, and go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby. Go Hawks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.